in Chicago and in cities across the world, this is the last weekend of Pride. And in just a few short days, the many colors of the rainbow will give way to the red, white, and blue, and we will be bombarded with fireworks and freedom. <coughs> and I am, of course, talking about the 4th of July, America's Independence Day, when in 1776, the then 13 American colonies declared their freedom from Britain. And like many progressive Americans, I have a complicated relationship with the 4th of July. Because while we extol the virtues of our American freedom, I see immigrant children separated from their parents and sitting in cages and concentration camps on our own soil. I see police harass, brutalize, and even murder people of color without an ounce of remorse or accountability by our racist criminal justice system. I see people adding water to their milk to make it stretch, choosing between rent or refilling their prescriptions. And it all has me questioning, what does American freedom even mean? This question was also at the top of my mind this week because of two experiences that I had. The first occurred on Wednesday when I was scrolling through Instagram, and a friend of mine had posted a picture with these words. It said, following all of your desires isn't freedom. That sentence, it struck me. And it had me reflecting on the limits of true freedom and just how paradoxical freedom can be. Then on Thursday night, I was listening to some music while I took my dog Gracie outside. And the song, What It Means by the Drive-By Truckers came on my phone. And in the song, singer Patterson Hood, he laments. He says this, I mean, Barack Obama won, and you can choose where to eat but you don't see too many white kids lying bleeding in the street. And I'd heard that line many times before, as this song is one of my favorites, but I heard it differently this time as I thought about this idea of freedom. And I think Hood eloquently captures how we have in many ways in this country come to believe that we are post-racial, and that's just because we've elected a black man once. And that somehow, because we can choose where we'd like to eat dinner or what restaurant to go to, that we've somehow figured out this whole freedom thing. But in our consumerist country, freedom often does get reduced to just how much is available for us to buy, whether it be flat screens or four-course meals. The fact is, though, that freedom is much more than just the choices we make with our money. It's also about access and opportunity, and about the impact that our freedom has on others. In his treatise, Freedom of a Christian, Martin Luther defined it this way. He said, a Christian is a perfect, perfectly free Lord of all, subject to none. A Christian is a perfectly dutiful servant of all, subject to all. Then Paul, in our second reading from Galatians today, puts it this way. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters and siblings. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another. Beyond that, 
Jesus, in our gospel today, asks his disciples and us to follow him. When we accept that invitation, what does freedom look like to us as followers of Christ? Well, it's a paradoxical freedom. It's a freedom that's fully experienced when we live our lives outwardly. The greatest expression of this freedom as followers of Christ is to serve, or as Paul says, to be slaves to one another. And it's all because Christ has set us free. Through the crucified and risen Christ, we are truly free. And freedom then takes a cruciform shape. The event of Christ's death and resurrection crosses up what American freedom would have us to believe. I remember the days before Tara and I were married, when I was still single, and I used to think of how marriage was this very confining thing. Why would I want to devote my life to one person when I have all of this freedom as a single person? I thought freedom was following all of my desires without regard for another. Then Tara and I met, and we started dating, and something along that road began to change within me. Something within my mind and within my spirit shifted, and I no longer considered marriage to be this confining thing. But I discovered that our relationship was freeing me to live a new life, committed and devoted to Tara, and that I was being invited into a deeper relationship with Tara through the covenant of marriage, and that this married life was more freeing and life-giving than what my single life was. Now, this shift didn't happen overnight. We dated for five years before we officially tied the knot, so you can probably tell I'm a slow learner. <laughs> But, for me, this was an important shift. And before I get myself into hot water with this example, I'm definitely not using this example to paint with a broad brush and imply that the married life is somehow better than single life. For any single folks out there, you do not need marriage to be valid or complete. I can only speak from my own experience and for me personally that marriage was and continues to be a choice that brought me to a new understanding of freedom. So this was a very flawed example, I admit, but it was the most personal example I could think of to begin to illustrate what I understand to be the freedom of a Christian. A freedom that does not, that still does not disregard personal autonomy, but also one that finds its highest and fullest expression in service and devotion to others. So maybe even a better example of this devotion is how Elisha, in our reading from the first readings, devotes himself to Elijah. And the phrase that Elisha repeats a couple times in the reading is this, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. I think that's so beautiful. And I think Elisha knew a little something about freedom. And this statement, it speaks boldly to unwavering commitment to another that only a truly free person can know. Going back to what Paul said, I think it's also what he's trying to convey. Do not submit to a yoke of slavery. It's a yoke of slavery that this world tries to sell you as freedom. But as followers of Christ, 
we are invited by Jesus himself into a different, more life-giving and graceful freedom. And this is what Jesus says to us in the book of Matthew. Come to me, all you who are, who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The world is going to try and contradict that invitation with its own invitation, telling us that once we have the right house, or once we have the right job, or once we have the right clothes or the right body weight, then we will be truly free. But don't buy that invitation. These things will never make us free, nor do we even need them to be free, because Christ has already set us free. When we live outwardly, in response to this truth, that we've already been set free by Christ's death and resurrection, then we can welcome the stranger without fear. Then we can celebrate the diversity of love that our LGBTQ siblings express. Then we can live more gracefully upon this earth without fear of scarcity convincing us to hoard our resources. And most of all, because of Christ, in the face of death, we can still sing our song. That is the true freedom of a Christian. And the beauty of this freedom is that it's not just relegated to one day a year and we don't drape it with a flag. It's offered to us every time that we come to the baptismal font and remember that we don't need a flag to tell us we're free because we've been sealed and marked with the cross of Christ. We are fed this freedom week after week, every time we surround the communion table with open hands and receive the precious body and blood of Christ. We express this freedom in the world by living an outward-facing life devoted to the flourishing of all people in creation. America has not given you your freedom. Christ has. So as we close out this month of pride, and as we move into the 4th of July, may we live by that spirit of freedom, guided by that spirit of freedom. No law or country or border can contain that freedom. And I'll tell you this, I'll light a firework to celebrate that freedom any day of the